It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. It's Friday. We're diving deep into the Monday night football matchup between the Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts, a game that I won't lie. I came into this podcast a little skeptical on, talked to Derek for four seconds before we jumped on here, and immediately he was like, yeah, I think they're going to win. It's like, all right, well, I'm always open to uh, changing my perspective. We'll get into that, both sides of the football, plus our predictions. But, of course, it's a beautiful day here in the Berg. Hope everybody's Thanksgiving was good. I hope your Thanksgiving was good. Hey, Ben, my man. Yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to have some time to kind of recharge for the holidays and stuff. So, yeah, I hope everybody out there had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, big Black Friday. I'm sure some of you guys are doing some shopping probably as we speak. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Have you ever – when was the last time you went Black Friday shopping? Like true-blooded Black Friday shopping? I would say the second or third Christmas that my wife and I were together, me and like two, three of my buddies went out. But – so I work nights and yeah. um, after Thanksgiving, I always have to work, so, but I do get off a little bit early. So around 4 a.m., like we're getting off as everything's opening up. So it's kind of fun. You get to get everybody together and then just try it out there. All jacked Very up true. on Monster and Mountain Dew and stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't do that anymore. All of my wife and my daughter's Christmas stuff is coming via Amazon or the Internet. So Beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Cyber Monday. I don't even know why it should just be a weekend long thing of just like here, buy everything you want online, go to some mom and pop shops. That's about it. But I agree. I haven't gone in a long, long time, but I'm about it. I'm about it. All right. Let's stock Pittsburgh Steelers, Indianapolis Colts week 12, three and seven, not looking good. But at this point, you know, you're kind of just looking for things that you could take away that you could turn into victories. I think a 30 point victory or a 30 point game for the offense in the grand scheme of things, it's a loss. You look at it in a, a micro scope, I guess, and you see that's 30 points. That's the most points this offense has put together all season. Just a quick look back. Did you see anything that you said, okay, look at this is uh this is nice while everybody else was kind of like, all right, this is a loss still. Yeah, I mean, first half they moved the ball pretty much at I mean, borderline at will against the Cincinnati defense who's Pretty solid. I mean, I know they didn't have their best cornerback who's now done for the season, but I thought they did a lot of good things. I thought the offensive line played really well in the first half. I thought Kenny was – that was definitely the best half I think that we've seen from him. So, 
Um, I was a little bit confused, I'll be honest, about Cincinnati's game plan because oh yeah, I have no clue why they were so blitz heavy. I don't really understand that because that's probably that's definitely been what Kenny's done his like where he's done his best work has been against the blitz. Like last week, um, I think in the first half he started off like seven for eight hundred something yards and a touchdown against the blitz. That was best in the NFL for last week. So. It was really weird, and Cincinnati, I think, found out pretty quickly after the Steelers scored like 20 points in the first half. Like, okay, maybe we don't need to do that, and then they didn't, and then the Steelers couldn't move the ball. So it was, uh, I mean, credit to them for the second half adjustment, but at the same time, I think it was kind of stupid on the game planning part heading into the season, heading into the week, but they got the dub. Yeah, it was like you didn't even watch it. it Yeah, they did get the dub, but I I agree. I I was a little uh, confused when I went back and watched it as well. I also think that the second half when, like, Matt Canada took a lot of heat for that second half. I think that that was the more Bengals just completely shutting it down. You know what I mean? Like, they adjusted well enough where they took full advantage of a rookie quarterback that doesn't know what to do with himself yet compared to what a lot of people are saying is just, like, very predictable offense, which it is. You know, I'm not trying to give Canada too much credit. And I, I, also think think, a lot of heat. I also think that the Bengals deserve credit for making the adjustments that the Steelers didn't. But at yeah. the same time, you saw, especially in that second half, some of the Bengals' better players just kind of start to yeah, initiate well. themselves into the game. And I thought that yep. you saw that, especially with Trey Hendrickson. You know, Dan Moore Jr. gave up eight pressures last week against the Bengals. Hendrickson was beating him over and over and over in that second half and it's largely we talked about this in the pot on thursday but it's largely the same stuff that Moore's struggling with you know speed to power from a wide nine he can't transition to his anchor hendrickson was just spamming speed to power tiger lift like going right through his chest over and over he was ended up in kenny's lap you know half of the dropbacks in the second half so Credit to the Bengals, they play well in the second half. Um, but you know, there was I don't I didn't come away from that game extremely discouraged by the offense. I was more or less disappointed, really largely of how the defense played in the first half. But by that same token, I think that Burrow played extremely well. That was one of the best games that I've seen from him probably in a very long time. So I was yeah. I was impressed by that. And like again, that's just kind of when you have stars like that and they kind of start to initiate their kind of dominance on the game, that's what happens. So exactly. Exactly. That's what I I will. I I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing though. I do. Speaking of second half adjustments, I'm not one of those guys that like when the Steelers get beat, I just 100% like bam, blame Tomlin or blame the coaching staff. Cause I think that that is so easy to do, especially like when we're sitting where we are, but at the same time, I do question the lack of second half adjustments from a defensive perspective. Yes. The Bengals were spamming T Higgins in the slot and Tyler Boyd in the slot at the same time. And basically what they like, what Burrow was doing, if you watch his eyes post snap, he was going 35. Every time that he, that he, that he knew he had man coverage before the snap, he was immediately going after Mallette. And like, they were doing that intentionally by putting Higgins in the slot, Boyd in the slot and they were just going after him. And I'm like, please, please put Cam Sutton in the slot. Put Pierre on the outside. If if you're going to play man coverage anyway, at least get your best corner lined up on their best receiver. T. Higgins had nine catches in the second and third second and third quarters alone. I mean, they yeah. just never they never adjusted. And like 
I don't want to make that seem like, like, yes, Mallette needs to play better, but we knew coming into the season, like he's not a cover guy and you're throwing him out there mm-hmm. to cover. Like a lot of, t- a lot of people will say, Oh, my number, my number two receiver on this team is a number one everywhere else. That's like one of the commonly used phrases and it's hardly ever correct. Right. Yeah. It is correct, correct yeah. for the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. It's like almost back. correct. He's very to good a, to a three. Yeah. 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 So, and, and, that was, that was the only I thing. Asked- I was frustrated. I I asked TA yesterday, Thursday, Thursday morning. I was like, do you plan on moving Cam into the slot a little bit more? And he actually said no. His response yeah. was, that's not in the game plan. And I was like, why is it not in the game plan? Like, Millett is, Millett is who Millett is. And I think that they have a Mike Hilton type view on Millett. The problem is, is that he's not as good. Like, Mike Hilton struggled in coverage. Millett has no ability to cover. And... I think that's the difference. Um, all right, moving into Indianapolis. Let's start with the Steelers side of the ball here. Kenny Pickett coming off his most consistent two weeks, I guess. No turnovers in the last two weeks. I think that's a huge positive. George Pickens has been dominating. Uh, Jalen Warren is hurt, so we might see a little bit of Anthony McFarland in this game. Meanwhile, Najee Harris has been on his best streak of the season. Um, and then there's Deontay Johnson. That's where I want to start here pretty much invisible from time to time, completely eliminated from the game plan last week against the Bengals. Everybody and their mother in Pittsburgh is just saying, well, he's double covered. There's nothing you can ever do about it ever. It's over. Do you agree with that statement? Or are you just thinking people are just coming up with a little bit of an excuse? I'll be honest. I didn't see. Nope. I didn't go ahead. See say it, Cause I didn't same... see it either thing that other people saw in terms of that the Bengals had this really elaborate game plan to take him specifically out of the game they did use you know I mean there was a safety over top a good amount of times um but it wasn't anything outside of the normal so I don't want to say it wasn't running deep routes yeah I don't want to say that that was that that lack of production was anything special that the Bengals did. Now I do want to give credit because I did say last week that I liked their matchups on the outside. I still thought that obviously George Pickens had a really good game, but I thought that their cornerbacks played better than I expected. Ken Taylor Britt was actually pretty solid on Sunday. Yeah. When I went back and watched the film, Eli Apple was still whatever. He's so hit or miss to me, but I think they deserve some credit in that regard. But the Steelers have to be more intentional about getting Deontay involved in the game plan. I mean, that's, I think that's really for me, um, you know, we can sit up here and talk about, you know, number one receivers, you know, they're going to draw more attention, more coverage, things like that. That is true. And Deontay's not going to get like the same type of attention that a guy like Devontae Adams is going to get, obviously. But when you're an offense, you have to be mindful of who your best players are and that the ball has to go to those players, whether it be, you know, those guys being early in the progression on certain routes or you, the quarterback taking shots when he has those one-on-one looks, you have to be very, very conscious about getting those guys the ball. And I don't think that that's been the case over the last couple of weeks. I thought he dominated against the Saints. The stat sheet just didn't show it. I didn't think that against the Bengals. I thought he was very quiet and there was, they, they covered him pretty well, but I still think that the Steelers aren't doing a great job of getting him the ball. One of the things with Deontay that I do think it limits his versatility a bit because I just don't think he's that good in the slot. I don't, no. I don't think it's a good home for him. 
if you look at where he's comfortable doing his damage, just those short intermediate areas in the middle of the field, it's just not where he does really well at. We saw a lot of drops just over the course of his career. He's been very sure-handed this year, but over the course of his career, I think all of his drops have came on like slants and drags over the middle. There's just a lot of bigger body guys, and he's only about 180 pounds, so he's smaller. And you even saw they, they did move him in the slot. They have been doing that more this year, I think. And they did it against the Bengals on Sunday, but there was a time where Kenny wanted him on a hot read, and yeah, they didn't know what was going aware on. Aware that he was hot, and yeah. that's not good. And then there was another time where he was in the slot on a th- on another third down in the red zone. He was running kind of this over route, and Kenny just dirted the ball. I mean, I don't Deontay oh, yeah. wasn't even really looking for the ball yet, and Kenny just threw it at the dirt. So I don't I don't really know like. They don't look in sync to me at all, but it's more noticeable when they go like they put him in a slot. So. Do you think that that's a because I I agree with you. I every I, I mean it started with Kenny Pickett after the game saying, "Oh well, they were double teaming him," and then I always go home and I rewatch the game and I rewatch the game and I said, "No, they were not. Like they were they were not. There were plenty of times where he was open." Do you think that is- that's God. Sorry, there was one specific play where um, the Bing, the Steelers were in like a three-by-two with Deontay as the lone receiver. They motioned Jalen Warren out. It was a third down play, and Kenny's eyes went to Johnson. The Bengals are in quarters, so the safety on that side of the field, he's reading you know, two to one, whatever, but Jalen Warren immediately goes to the flat, and it's like third and long. Yeah. So he flies out towards Deontay. And I think Kenny saw that and said, Oh, there's two guys here. He actually did check it down to Jalen Warren. I think they got the first down. But I think that was when Kenny said that in the postgame, that was the play that I was thinking about when I went back and watched the film. But there wasn't a ton of other examples where I was like, No, yeah. there wasn't. You know, there and even when the safety was over top out of the normal. Yeah. Even when the safety was over the top, there were plenty of opportunities where Johnson was running intermediate routes and like on his comeback would be opened and they, you just had to time it right. And he wouldn't. So is that the, that's the question is, do you think that that's a like have to get on stink or in sync thing? Or is that a Kenny is a little bit cautious because he understands that his reads are slower than he'd like them to be. His arms, not as strong as he'd like it to be. And those are just limitations that he's dealing with. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I've, I'm just, for me, when it comes to Deontay, I'm going to write this 
the Bengals game off as a little bit of an outlier until I see something moving forward. That's a theme. There was nothing okay. on the Bengals thing where I thought like they necessarily shut him down or they did this elaborate plan to take him out the game. Or there was huge concerns for me from like Kenny, just like missing him or bad accuracy or, you know, missing him in the progression. I'm, what about I'm the fact that he's been, he hasn't had five receptions in. He's not getting fed. Since Kenny. He's not getting he's fed. Not getting like, fed. You know, and that's, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of, there, I, I could rant on about that for a while, but I, I think honestly, the Steelers need to do a better job in terms of getting him involved in the game plan. And that's just, but it's, again, it's hard to do that because for one, they're trying to take, if, if you haven't noticed since the bye week, they are trying to take more pressure off of Pickett's shoulders, not add more. Yeah. And then when oh, you yeah. start, you can't, for a rookie who's literally, he's, really trying to understand the speed of the game and he's trying to work on those progressions and speeding up his process in the pocket while also managing through a pocket that's not been you know as consistently clean as it needs to be for a rookie you're kind of seeing him struggle at times through stretches but you don't want to just go up to a rookie say like hey we we gotta start feeding this guy like that's not you know that that's not necessarily now you you need that you can have those conversations about hey we need like when the, when the opportunity's there we really need to get 18 the ball but it's not going to be one of those like Ben AB type situations where you know things on offense just start going poorly and Ben and AB would be like all right well let's go let's go draw it up and it didn't yeah. matter if there was one guy if there was two guys if there was three guys that's where you know Ben would be able to fit the ball where he needed to and Antonio was going to go make a play we just got to be really patient because we're talking about a rookie quarterback and young receivers. I mean, Deontay's, you know, a veteran now, but, you know, George, he's still really young, obviously a rookie as well. So we just got to be a little more patient, I think, um, in terms of figuring out this passing game. All right. I like that. And I agree. I've stayed with that notion that you got to be, you got to be real patient with Kenny. So I will give him that. I will look at it as an outlier with you. Uh, The other thing on offense I wanted to talk about was, Anthony McFarland, Jalen Warren probably isn't going to play in this game. This will give Anthony a chance to get called up for Monday night. I talked to him. Um, he said that he's been working with the ones on top of that. You know, it, it's not just like, a, oh, like come run the football a couple of times. It's like a full blown Anthony McFarland package coming out here, which I'm excited I'm, about. I thought he had a really good summer. I'm having excited training camp flashbacks. That's what I'm saying, dude. He had such a good training camp. I'm so excited to see this. Like it's 12 weeks deep. I get it. But I don't know, man. I was if it wasn't for Jalen Warren, if Jalen Warren didn't exist, that this would have been an Anthony McFarland season. I I I'd put anything on it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to wait and see what happens. I just I don't I don't know. It it always seems like there were times last year where I was hearing from you know you and Nick and guys like that, like oh they're they're putting they're making McFarland a piece of this offense. That's because they and were he was yeah, he was supposed it, to be it the, never this is two years it never in a really row. materialized. So never never. And then we went to we we were there at training camp and you know he had he had several really good back to back days when I was there and I was like okay maybe maybe he is going to um, take a little bit of a leap. Obviously Jalen Warren took you know took that job kind of from him, but. We'll yeah. see. I, I still think I, I personally am of the belief that we're going to see a really heavy Najee game. Like we're going to see, you know, last year's Najee usage. Yeah. Um, McFarland might get those couple snaps that they had to give to Benny Snell last week. That that could be a thing. Or maybe there's but a couple. But he doesn't fit scripted. that mold. He, 
Yeah, maybe yeah. there's a couple scripted plays early in the game where, you know, a jet sweep or a toss to McFarland to get him in space. I don't know. A little wildcat motion going yeah. on there. Yeah, so I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to just see. But um, I do think it's going to be a Najee game. Speaking of, you know, the Steelers run game, I would say that the Colts specialty on their team is their run defense. I think that mm-hmm. that's where they're most impressive on film. The numbers kind of seem to back that up Um, in terms of like Russian EPA on the season. Their defense ranks fourth behind the Rams, Titans and the Commanders, a guy that I mean, they've got a couple really good players um, up front. DeForest Buckner has been a really good player. He's probably the most known name to like casual fans. But the guy who I think's played extremely well this year has been Grover Stewart. Oh. He has been an absolute monster against the run. I mean, he I, I looked it up after I watched a little bit of their tape uh, during the week. Grover Stewart has 24 run stops, which basically means an offense gets a failed, um, like a failed play on a run play. And yeah. that is tied for first in the NFL with Aaron Donald. I mean, Dang. Pretty freaking good. Now, Grover Stewart hasn't practiced the past two days. I don't – it seems like the Colts media is thinking he's going to play, but I don't know if he's going to be 100%. But I do know the dude has balled this year. So that is – that interior defensive line um, really is a good – like it's a strength in my opinion. You look at him and Buckner, and then I think even without Shaq Leonard – or is that his name still? What – what? Is no, that no, name? it's – uh, yeah, it's Shaquille Leonard. Yeah, Shackler. Okay, so I forget he changed his name from Darius, but um, Darius, yeah. but yeah, Bobby uh, Bobby uh, Okariki has been playing extremely well as well. So it kind of in his absence, really, without him in the lineup. So the middle of the Colts defense to me has been pretty impressive. All right, that's uh, not what anybody wants to hear. At the same time, though, I expect Mason to go. I expect the offensive line to be healthy, and I think the offensive line, the middle of it, has played. Well, James Daniels is especially James Daniels. I think James Daniels has improved week by week, like to the point where like at the beginning of this season, there were times where we were a little worried about him at this point. I'm like, this guy is clearly, I guess, next to Chooks. Those two are pretty tied for the best offensive lineman. Um, is that is does uh, Glover is is that on one side of the line or the other? Is he right in the middle? Um, he moved around a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we're just talking like interior defensive lineman. So that's going to be absolutely you know a big thing for the Steelers is to make sure they get hats on those guys because this the Colts really don't have that edge rushing press presence on passing downs even Buckner kind of in my opinion is their most talented guy so I, I think in terms of rushing the passer and on the ground so um Quiddy Pay is a really good player he's kind of came oh, on yeah. a little bit Michigan um, I liked him a good amount coming coming out, but I thought, you know, he was definitely a developmental guy, not somebody that was going to be, you know, just a star from day one. But he's really transformed into a really good player. He's given a lot of tackles, fits. They don't have a another true kind of edge rusher, bookend type of guy like the Steelers have that benefit with Highsmith. But yeah. he's done a lot of good things. I don't know if he's going to go either because he hasn't practiced the past two, two uh, days. He didn't play last week, so – Oh, all right. So that changes a lot. I know, you know, this whole Friday preview thing, waiting for a Monday game is weird. It's got a, yeah, it's got a strange vibe to it. Um, The the Colts, they brought in Yannick and to kind of be that 
two edge rusher um, yeah. to complement pay and Yannick's been non-existent. Like he's one of no. the worst edge rushers pretty much by every metric um, on this season. He looks completely washed. So yeah, I was going to um, say like, he's got to be what 34 at this point. Yeah. He, he's, years he's, old. he's older and Yannick yeah. Yannick that sucks because um, I really enjoy watching Yannick because normally with edge rushers, you want that explosive first step. And he's like one of, very few edge rushers over the past, you know, 10 years or whatever, who's been extremely successful without that much of a get off. I was going to say he's kinda, a big dude. He's more he plays big than slow. Than he has these real yeah. like exaggerated movements. He's, you know, but he's, I mean, he, he was a good player for a long time, but he has not done anything this year. He was good. Where was he last year? Uh, Vegas. Was he in Vegas last year? Yeah, he's bounced around. I mean, obviously he started in Jacksonville. Then he had a stint, like a half season, I think, in Baltimore. And then went to Vegas. And then Vegas traded him for Rocky Sin. Uh, and Yassin's been pretty good this year. Vegas traded him Rocky Sin's in Vegas? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the trade. I think it might have just been straight up. Wow. I didn't, I did not know that one. Did not. Yeah. Wasn't he a second-round pick? Out of yeah. Temple, right? I think the dude's so, out of yeah. Temple. Wow. Former wrestler. Former wrestler. I didn't know that one. I thought he was still in Indy, just not doing anything. I didn't realize he was in Vegas, but all right. All right. Um, before we move on to the other side of the ball, uh, Dan Starr has got two comments in here. Dan Moore and Kevin Jr. or Kevin Dotson are not good, but he said Chooks can be replaced too. I got this question for you. We all know Chooks' contract's pretty big at the end of this season. If the season ended today, are you keeping Chooks or are you getting rid of him? I think he's going to be back, but are you? It doesn't, I would not have paid Chooks what they paid him last year, but that oh, yeah. doesn't mean, I mean, obviously I'm not the guy, um, you know, fitting the bill. So, but I think True. I do agree that Dan Moore, Dan Moore is going to be replaced. I mean, barring some oh, yeah, miraculous uptick in play, I think the Steelers are going to get a left tackle. They don't want mm-hmm. to, the Steelers for whatever reason, don't prioritize that position. But we talked about this on Thursday in the draft pod that we absolutely have to get a left tackle in here next year. I mean, they can't oh, run this. To. They can't run this thing back, especially with a young quarterback. So, um, a core four is interesting because his cap hit, I think, jumps to over thirteen million next year. Yeah, it goes and up nine mil to thirteen, thirteen something. Yeah, 13, just thirteen. It's not great. I mean, no, that's terrible. That's a that's going to be a huge overpay. I mean, even when you look at. Jukes is an above-average pass protector who's a complete non-factor in the run game. He's just not physical. He's never been physical. His play is significantly dropped off. I actually thought he played pretty well at the beginning of the season. The past month or so, it's been it's been tough. I mean, it's he's really struggled. I'm not really quite sure why that has been the case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, over his last four games, he's given up about 15 pressures. I mean, it's, it's not been, it's not been great. You know, he gave up a sack. He gave up a sack in New Orleans. That was it. I don't think, I don't know what you do because you're going to have to retool this offensive line some more. I mean, they, they added Mason Cole, James Daniels. That's fine. I think that the left side of the line is going to get replaced in the off season. I don't know if they're going to be either a have the resources to replace a right tackle or B be willing to, move off of Chooks because he is like that baseline starter. Granted, you're paying him, you know, really good money. Um, They just may prioritize that left side of the offensive line and use their resources there. That's my guess. 
and then just keep chooks, keep him trucking. I could see yeah. that. I could yeah. see that. Uh, it's tough. $9 million or $13 million is not good, but I, like I said, I could see it. I don't know. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, I don't have opinions on the offensive line as of right now because I, I just, I don't know. I haven't had time to like really dive into them the way I'd like to dive into them numbers wise, but I hope not. I could tell you from a pure interview standpoint, I would really like some very like Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Ramon Foster, my first year in that locker room. Those are the guys you wanted to talk to. Every one of them was loved to talk. Gave you the greatest quotes. Like they they never held back. They were great dudes. Kevin Dotson's a good dude. Mason Cole. Chooks is the only one that just like doesn't ever want to talk to anybody. And I'm like, dude, you're the best offensive lineman. Please talk to me for five minutes. <laughs> I have questions. Please. All right. Let's uh dive into the other side of the football. But first, we got a word from our boys over at established titles. Today's episode is brought to you by established titles. Oh, this. Yeah, see, I'm actually a lord. See, it's from established titles, a fun and novel way to preserve the natural woodlands of Scotland while helping global reforestation efforts. It's based on a historic Scottish custom where landowners are referred to as lairds, but in English, they're, or we, should I say, are called lords or ladies. What What you do is you purchase a little title pack that gives you at least one square foot of dedicated land on a private estate in Edelston, Scotland, and an official certification with a crest. Your certification actually features a unique plot number with which you can see the exact location of your land. Uh, it's it's on here somewhere. Uh, it's right there. Boom. Um, and we could all come hang out there. With it, Established Titles plants a tree and works with global charities like One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future to support global reforestation efforts. And the other great part, you could officially change your name to Lord or Lady and get it on your credit card, plane tickets, or whatever you want. It might be the perfect last minute gift. And I believe they're having Black Friday Day special. Finally, the best part, the first 200 people to purchase a title pack using our link will effectively be next to my plot. Within a few minutes of walking distance, depending on how many of you want to become a lord or lady, we can actually build our little all Steelers talk kingdom. It makes for an amazing last minute gift. Established Titles is actually running a Black Friday sale, their biggest sale of the year. Plus, if you use the code all Steelers, you get an additional 10% off. Go to EstablishedTitles.com slash AllSteelers to get your gifts now and help support support our channel. Um, so, yeah, I'm all about that. Uh, please go uh, use EstablishedTitles.com slash AllSteelers. And let's build this little kingdom in Scotland. One day I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to go book a plane ticket. I'm going to go to Scotland. I'm going to go to this exact location. And I'm just going to go hang out at my tree. <laughs> just one day. I'm very excited about it. All right, let's talk uh, Indy's offense, Steelers defense. You before the podcast, that's how you tried to convince me that the Steelers were going to win this one. You said that uh, Indy's offense is actually terrible and that there is no hope for them. I'm pretty sure those were your exact words, is that this offense is terrible and there's no hope. Um, please explain why. Uh, it's, it's rough, man. It's tough to watch. I mean, I watch the Steelers on a weekly basis, so I kind of have, I'm consider myself an expert on what bad 
offensive gameplay is at this point. But um, the Colts are really bad. It's it's rough up front, man. They've they've yeah. had to use some different offensive line combinations, none of which have looked even remotely competent, in my opinion. Um, and because of the poor offensive line play, they haven't been able to run the ball, which is what they want to do. I mean, it's kind of yeah. bizarre. You look at how successful they've been with, um, you know, with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who I think all of us would agree is one of the best backs in the league. They are 31st in rushing EPA per play. 31st ahead of Dude, only crazy. So that's not ahead not of the great. Yeah, not great there at all. And then you look at, you have a quarterback who's well past prime, in my opinion. So yeah. Ryan doesn't have the, like he's even, he's lost a tick on his fastball. Not that he was ever this like extremely strong arm quarterback, but his arm just, to me, it looks shot. And I don't think, I even think in the rare instances where they are keeping him clean in the pocket, his internal process has been sped up by so much just because of the constant pressure that he's not really willing to throw the ball down the field. He's missing guys open. Um, You know, I just, to me, when I think the Steelers have done a pretty good job stopping the run overall this season, um, a much improvement from last year. And I think that the Steelers are going to place like a really high onus on in terms of stopping Taylor down. I think they'll be able to do that. And then they're going to make Matt Ryan beat them. And I don't think that he can do that. So that's why I'm just a spoiler (laughs) for my prediction. But it's crazy that the Colts have like you could you could say the Steelers have done like very bad things in the way they've approached building a team the last like three or four years. Just plug and play anywhere we could possibly plug and play. And let's just keep it moving. But nobody and I mean nobody over the last four or five years has done what the Colts have done, where they have just been like, you know what? Who needs a quarterback, man? Like we had two of them. They were pretty good. They're actually really good. After that, you know, whatever. What Jacoby Brissett sounds good. Phillip Rivers won us a couple games. Let's just keep it going. Carson Wentz. Oh, Carson Wentz didn't work. Let's go Matt Ryan. It just just doesn't. mm. I was remotely optimistic because I watched Matt Ryan play last year and I thought that he did have something left because the Falcons offensive line wasn't great last year, but I thought that going to Indianapolis would be a little more stable of a situation and he would be able to be competent for them to make the playoffs and not as volatile as Carson Wentz was. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Matt Ryan's been terrible. I mean, like... I know that Sam Ellinger isn't going to exactly inject all of this huge enthusiasm across your organization and your fan base, but I'm really yeah. surprised they went back to Ryan. I, I really am. Like if you that look was a just Jeff at Saturday the, move, it, it is. But like you look at some of these numbers, man. I mean, it's extremely poor. You look at how bad the offense has been, and obviously the quarterback, you know, is only one component of that, but it is a big component. Um, you know, 
just looking at some of these stats, man, just earlier this week, Matt Ryan, so Pro Football Focus has a stat where they track big-time throws, and they also talk track turnover-worthy plays. Pretty self-explanatory stuff. Subjective, but you get the idea. Matt Ryan has three big-time throws into tight coverage this year. Three, okay? He has 15 turnover-worthy plays. <laughs> I mean, that is the definition <laughs> of adding no juice and no. you're still costing the team by making mistakes. So yeah, that's bad. It's just it's a lifeless passing offense. I actually I've always loved Michael Pittman. I I think he's really good. I really do. I loved him coming out of USC. I wanted him on the Steelers, um, but I, I like Pittman a lot. But and Alec Pierce, he's done some good things this season when he's had the opportunity. But the the offensive line is just so bad, and I think that Ryan's washed. So and the Steelers just over even when they've had bad defenses. I just think that this is the type of game for them to take advantage of Ryan. I think they're going to get, you know, hopefully a couple turnovers. And, you know, I just – I believe that the defense is going to be capable of carrying this team to a win on Monday night. And capable of stopping Jonathan Taylor. Like, that's – because I know that you had – oh, you know, they're really bad. But the Steelers' run defense has also been bad. Yeah, but it's been better this year, though. I mean, like, I, I do think it's been better. I it think has. I'm not – you know, I, I don't foresee Taylor – breaking out for, you know, a hundred yard game or anything like that. I think that they, oh, I, I'm okay. not saying that they're going to shut him down for, you know, 12 carries, 15 yards or anything like that. But I do think that they will be able to limit his impact on the game. And that's why I think, you know, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with the Steelers with the points for sure. on Monday. Okay. All right. So that's a perfect lead in here. The Pittsburgh Steelers, two and a half point dogs in Indy. Derek's already said they're winning by 40. Put it on record. <laughs> The defense is awful. The offense is worse somehow. I don't know. I don't know. That's what it, his words, not mine. Uh, 39 and a half point over under. What were we last week? Oh, I went Steelers. I, don't I, know I lost them. last week. Not, uh, I, I ruined my I, streak. I pulled the steel. I said the Steelers are going to win, which uh, let's be honest. I was way closer than we thought. I did hit the over, though. I did hit the over. I forget they, what they were. Oh, three and a half. No, yeah, we both lost bad, real bad. Um, real bad 39 and a half over under this week Steelers two and a half point dogs in Indy which means that they are really like five and a half point dogs are uh one and a half point favorites actually but you get you know you get you get your thing you get your uh your three and a half or your three points sorry mm. all over the board here um all right Two and a half dogs, three and a, th 39 and a half. You said they're winning by 40. Let me get your real score here. What are you thinking? Uh, is the under 40 again? Is that what you said? Over under is 39 and a half. 39 and a half. I'm going to take the under. I, I just, I'm going to keep spamming the under, I guess, even though it cost me last week. I'm going to take the under. I'm taking the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to win the game. So obviously, I'll take the points too. Um, We'll go with like 20 to 17 or something. 20 to 17. Yeah. That was so nonchalant for how much you've yeah. hyped this up to try to convince me that they're winning. Twenty. <laughs> I mean, I still don't have I, – it, I want to be clear in case you can't tell, but like I think my, most of my optimism is on how bad the Colts are, not how good the Steelers are. <laughs> but the Colts, the Colts defense, I, I have said some good things about some of their interior players 
Um, they also have like their cornerbacks are pretty good too. I, I think you know Isaiah Rogers has had um, a really oh, really good, good season. Yeah. Um, you know, former six round pick, he's he looks like a stud. He he, I think he's going to be a guy that they're going to keep for you know the long term. Even Stephon Gilmore, he's no longer that shut down type of corner. But in Gus Bradley's system, where they're playing a lot of you know single high and you know zone coverage and stuff he's he's done some good things i think this year too so they've got some pieces on the outside i just i think that this is a steelers game where if they can build off of what they had last week and kind of just be average on offense and yeah. score you know 20 points um maybe a little bit more with you know some help via turnovers or something like that. I definitely think that this is a game that they can win. Uh, I'm surprised. I am surprised that it's a two and a half points spread. I, I think it's more of a pick em type of game, even with Indy on the, uh, even with India at home, but that's just my opinion. Yikes. Okay. So I don't want to do this because you, because you, oh my gosh, I came in here. So I've, I've single-handedly convinced you. I know. You have. And now now I'm looking at it like this because I came in here like, oh, the Colts are going to win this game. Like, just be realistic. No, it stinks. But this is the point we're at. And then you're like, well, no, this Colts suck. And every statistic in the world proves that they suck. It's like, have you watched football, Noah? And I'm like, all right, I'm trying. And then my mind immediately goes, well, if I pick the Steelers to win, they're going to lose. Because that's just what happens, you know. Like I don't, okay. I've never in my entire life picked the Steelers to win, and they have actually won. We could go back and look at every sticky note. Uh, but I want to do it because I think that they could win. Like if you put up thirty points against Cincinnati, if you put up thirty points against the Colts, you're winning. Like it's you're not going to not win. At the same time, there's the Jeff Saturday effect where you have three games before your new coach dies off. The energy of the new coach is done. You know, I'm a betting man. I know how this works. You never bet against a new coach for three games. You got three games. This is game three. (laughs) All right, but I am going to do it because you got me. You got me good. I'm saying they're scoring more, though. I don't think that I don't think this is a low scoring game. Okay. Steelers wise, I think you put up 30 points. You got to be feeling pretty good that things are going to things are going to click. I'm going to I'm going to go 28, actually. 28 to 17. This is going to be, in my opinion, this is going to be the game that lets everybody know the Steelers are very bad. Okay. But they're the, they're the better of the bad. They're the, they're like the court towards the top of the really bad teams in the NFL. And that's a good place to be. That's not, that's way better than, you know, three weeks ago when we were like, wow, they're the worst team in football. Now we're like, all right, well, you know, they're, they're the best of the bad. They're the best of the bad. Um, and I'm so sorry that I, that I just did this. I I know I'm so, everybody's telling me not to take the Steelers now. Yeah, I got to do it. We're going 28, 17. He said, said, no, it just lost us the game. (laughs) (laughs) You're a good bunch of hate mail. I know. I know. Like you, look at, look at, look at, if you weren't over here for 40 minutes now, telling me how they were going to win this game, I wouldn't have thought like this, but I got to do it. I'm going 28-17, and I feel, you know, I feel okay about it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If they lose, it is not my fault. I'm so sorry. Next year, I will strictly predict Steelers' losses, and we'll see what happens from there. We'll do a little brand experiment. All right. We're ahead. Oh, God, you got last thing to say? I just – I really do believe that 
this is going to be (laughs) i think the steelers are going to get an unbelievable amount of sacks i really do so if anyone out there has like a prop bet for sacks or anything like that uh take the over on whatever that bet is because I like, um, and it hurts me to say this because I like Bernard Raymond uh, coming out of school. I really did think that he was going to be a pretty good player in the league with some development, but the Colts have been so bad off on the offensive line that they're now forced to play him. I don't know what what, what, comb- what combination they're going to use on Monday, but if Raymond plays on Monday oh, night, Highsmith, Highsmith is going to absolutely kill that kid. What and round was Raymond? What? When did he go? Third round. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Third round. Yeah. Yep. But and 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 like I said, I don't think that it means that he's a bad player. I just no, think no. that he's not ready. And I think that Alex Smith, Alex Hathness is a good player. And I think that he's gonna have a couple sacks. So um, yeah. Like I said, man, I just I see the defense. Um last week, very disappointed, you know, gave up 36, 37 points. A couple of those were real late in the game, but um, I just I don't think that Indy can move the ball with any sort of consistency. And I, I think that the Steelers are going to eat up front with with healthy TJY, Cam Hayward, Alex Hathmuth. I think they're going to eat up front. All right. So just so we can recap here, if they lose, not my fault. If they win, Derek picked them 40 to zero. Remember <laughs> that. All right. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your audio podcasts and find all of mine and Derek's work at all Enjoy your weekend. Get ready for some Monday night football. Peace.